This is an AMI podcast. You're listening to the Kitchen Confession Podcast with Chef Mary Mamalidi. Hello, I'm Matt Agnew, co-producer and editor of this fine podcast. And today we're bringing back an old favorite feature called Cut for Time. And that's where we share never-before-heard conversations with our guests from recent episodes. Wait, what? You were holding out on us? Oh yeah, I'm up to my knees in leavings from the cutting room floor. Uh, Sadly, Mary is just so personable that she and our wonderful guests go on talking for ages, and I'm the mean and ruthless editor who pairs that down to a tasty and digestible 25 minutes or so. So let's start with Dr. Nate Wood. He was our very first guest of 2022, and he's a real jack of all trades. He's a resident physician, a health media expert, and a trained chef, but we actually also discovered that he's an MTV award winner. Take a listen to this. Now, there's no great segue into this, but I have to talk about it. Back in spring 2020, you posted an Instagram video and you were playing the piano and singing Lean On Me, which I've watched a few times now because I keep on singing with you. Can't hold a note, but I've been (laughs) singing with you. And this was after you saw your first COVID-19 patient in the ICU, am I right? That's right, yeah. And it went viral. So the video actually went on to win an MTV award. What was that like? Oh, where to begin? You know, I mean, that was, oh my gosh, like imagine, you know, all of that happening, first of all, but then all of that happening in the context of, you know, being a resident and just trying to get through with my job on top of a pandemic. I mean, it was just like the wildest time in my life. Yeah. But, you know, it really did start out as, you know, you asked me why cooking is so important to me. And I I kind of uh, hinted at the fact that it it really is a creative outlet. Um, in addition to to all these other things I mentioned, it allows you to use your creativity in your hands. And I and I feel the same way about singing and playing the piano. You know, having these skills, um, I, you know, having acquired them largely in adolescence and childhood, I didn't realize how important they would be to me. And as an adult, um, especially as an adult who has a lot of stressful things in his life, so. Um, it's it's very much so a creative outlet. And so when I had seen that COVID patient, it was kind of like many weeks coming because we had been hearing about it on the news. We heard about the first cases in the US. We knew there was going to be a time when it ended up at our hospital and we had been waiting and reading and preparing. And so when it finally came, you know, all these emotions kind of came to a head. And I was working on nights at the time. So I got home after my shift in the morning. So it's bright outside. Like Ilan, I had just, you know, seen my first COVID patient. And kind of like I said, all these emotions were were so tumultuous. And I needed a way to kind of, you know, get things out and uh, kind of process some of those emotions. And so that's why I ended up sitting down at the piano and kind of working on that song. Um, you know, it's just it's I hate to sound selfish, but that's what I needed, you know, in in that moment and and uh, recorded that video and kept it for uh, some time after that, actually. And, you know, like I've like I've talked about before, I, I didn't really like how it sounded and my dance moves were awkward. Um, but I then, you know, ultimately decided You're to your post own it. worst critic. Yeah, I, I, there we go again. There we go. <laughs> exactly. So I got over that. Right. Hushed that hushed that voice in my head and and ended up posting it. And then, like you said, the rest is history. I mean, it, it went viral and that, that was wild and then you know next thing i knew it was on on the news over all this over the whole country and and that was wild and then next thing i knew i was getting a phone call from mtv and you know i thought it was i thought it was fake you know like who i was not expecting <laughs> a, a prank call you know you know from mtv right. like, 
And then when it was real, I mean, that was even more wild. And then when all of us nominees won, I mean, that was just, it, the whole thing was wild, as you can tell. That was Jack of All Trades, Dr. Nate Wood, sharing with us the story of his viral rendition of Lean On Me that netted him an MTV award early in the pandemic. You can find the rest of Mary's chat with Dr. Nate in our January 12th episode titled Spiced Shakshuka with Dr. Nate Wood. Just after Christmas last year, we spoke with Opal Rowe, who created Stush Patties in hopes of giving the Jamaican favorite a gourmet glow up. And in this clip, Mary asks her about developing the recipe for her vegan veggie lentil patties. Like I mentioned, my husband and I, we love patties. We're patty connoisseurs, I would say. We're self-proclaimed. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we love them. And I have never, ever seen a vegan patty. So I found that really interesting when I found yours. Not that we're vegan, but it was just the fact that you had the option. Yes. Um in, 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 the, in the typical marketplace, the first thing is that patties are typically made from lard or beef suet. And um, I think most of the traditional owners of patties are like, you know, our parents or whatever it is. They've never heard of vegan. They can't imagine, you know, and they're not really willing to change. So a few of them have vegetable filling patties, but the crust is still made from animal fat. And as business owners, you're trying, you know, you know, quite a few of the times, even the vegetable filling has beef broth because the beef broth is used for the beef patties, which is their number one seller. So, I mean, again, they don't acclaim it to be a vegan product. Um, some vegetarians still object to that because they're thinking that they still don't want to eat beef. Um, in, terms of the, in terms of the beef fat, or not on the sort of fat, the, the beef broth, etc. But I have always loved... Um, natural foods and so you know for example you asked me about pickles or cucumbers of course i choose cucumber because it's more natural and has less salt or whatever it is so creating natural food for me is it's something that i'm passionate about normally i love going to the market and seeing what is in and buying what is in and going home to cook so having a freezer full of things is not my style it's going out, seeing what is available and coming home and creating a dish from it. And so that itself was intriguing to me. Um, and, you know, people think vegan is like a mystery or whatever it is. Hey, swish out is vegetable. You add some eggplant to it and you put it into a, a, a crust with no fat and it's a vegan product. Yeah. Right. When we're having swish out, we don't think, oh, it's I'm vegan. I'm having swish out. Right. Um, the same thing with our lentils patty. We have lentils, peas, corns beans, carrots, those are things you put in soup. You don't consider your soup vegan because it has no meat in there. So, and that's just basically how I saw it. It's not a question of, um, it's not rocket science, it's not difficult. Yeah, and, and like you mentioned, making the crust for the patty would be a little more challenging when you're cooking vegan because those binding agents are different. Well, yes. Um, so for me, just getting a fat, which is... Um, non-animal and the reason why they use beef suet and so forth is because of flavor in it right there is flavoring in that which helps to enhance the taste and so forth but then we're our, our patties itself the filling has lots of flavor so you do it's, it does come through the crust as well so i wasn't really worried about that Okay, I gotta tell you, cutting this episode left me with a wicked craving, and I've already crushed three boxes of Opal's patties. The veggie lentil option came out tied with the classic beef one for me, 
as, as my favorite. And it, it's just got the right texture. It's packed with flavor and a surprisingly crispy pastry for something that's not made with butter. Um, this is something actually that we keep hearing from a lot of other folks about Opal's patties. The vegan lentil ones are a fan favorite. So to hear the rest, go check out Opal's episode, Jamaican Patty Witch with Opal Rowe, and that was from December 29th. Next up, we got a chance to speak with cookbook author, baking expert, and Food Network star, Anna Olson. And I felt crazy to have to cut this bit from her episode, but here's Anna talking about how to develop more complex flavor profiles. What are, oh, some of your favorite flavor combinations? Oh, in the sweet world. Anything. You mean anything? Anything. Um, well, interesting. You asked me uh, if I pick coffee or tea. I love tea with chocolate. So really? infusing uh, chocolate with tea flavors. You think of the complexity of tea um, and Earl Grey, rooibos, matcha. Uh, and you know, I take milk in my tea and just the creaminess of chocolate. And you can play on the bitter flavors. Black tea has that fermented um astringent taste to it that matches so beautifully with dark chocolate and then you have the fruit teas and um teas like rooibos that go with white chocolate and then you've got your sort of subtle flavored teas like earl grey that work so beautifully with milk so and and working with chocolate if you're making a ganache anything that requires heating cream is a great opportunity to infuse flavor um so that's a favorite flavor combination of mine I do love sweet and salty so I've been on that salted caramel bus for a long time now uh, and I don't seem to get tired of it um, in terms of I do love savory baking so um, I've been working on some fun recipes I came up with a cornbread nacho layer cake this summer that and so working so everything you to taste in a platter of nachos, the, the corn chips, the tomato salsa, the guacamole, the sour cream, the cheese, I worked into a layer cake. So I made cornbread, a chili cornbread, and then I had a cream cheese, cheddar cheese frosting. There was salsa in there. And then I used uh, guacamole as the frosting on the outside. And I did like classic baking style. I did a naked style cake with the sheer coating of guacamole. I piped guacamole like it was frosting on the top of the cake and it's topped with shredded lettuce. So it's, it's for someone who doesn't like sweets, that could be an excellent savory birthday cake. So I, yeah, I like surprising um, myself and others with desserts and baking like that. That was cut from our December 15th episode, Creme Brulee with Anna Olson. And if you haven't caught the full conversation yet, we actually included a whole section on troubleshooting baking with questions from the audience. And it's absolutely worth a listen, especially for all of you who were bitten by the baking bug during the pandemic. One entrepreneur we invited to the podcast recently was Alexei Ivanovich. She launched iDesign, a fashion brand putting a statement in the hands of blind and low vision shoppers. And since business and brand building has been just such a big theme on Kitchen Confession over the last year, I wanted to share some of Alexa's thoughts on building giving back into her business model. You have also included a way of giving back into your business model. So tell us about that. Why is this so important to you? So, I mean, what we're doing is we're creating ways to empower the community and whether that's 
by being able to work directly with individuals or being able to actually give back to the community as a whole mm-hmm. to be able to start incorporating other types of programming into the community. So with all of our purchases, 5% of profits actually get donated to the American Foundation for the Blind. Mm-hmm. We're really honored to have partnered with them so early on in our um starting of a brand, we were only two months officially a brand and we were able to meet with AFB and start this incredible partnership. And just this past year, they were celebrating their 100 year anniversary. So it just felt like the perfect opportunity to really highlight all the incredible work they do. And a lot of people don't know, but AFB is actually the organization that Helen Keller worked with for over 40 years. So just a really special place in our hearts. Uh, we really wanted to give back specifically to AFB. They do such incredible things and they've really helped us so much as a brand and with their mentorship. So we want to give back as much as we can. And this just felt like the best first way to do that. As we expand, we'll be able to do more opportunities and hopefully create uh, job opportunities down the road. But as a small business right now, being able to at least donate a portion of our proceeds is uh, definitely a good start. And speaking of expansion, where do you see iDesign in five years from now? So much can happen in five years. I mean, if we just talked about what happened in the past year, there's been so much growth. I am just so grateful for what has happened. So five years from now, who even knows? But I am really excited for the future. I think being able to grow the brands on more of an international level, I mean, blindness is not something that's impacted just in North America, and there's so much to be done worldwide. And Mm -hmm. I think one of the biggest things, too, with creating change is being able to partner with different companies and organizations that really are well-known internationally. Because as soon as you partner with someone who has a lot of influence, that message just gets spread that much faster and Mm -hmm. with that much power behind it. So to really be able to make an impact in disability fashion, I think that's going to be the largest factor. So if, say, we can do a collaboration with some really well-known fashion brands, say a Nike or Tommy Hilfiger or a Mm -hmm. Levi's, or maybe a collaboration with Molly Burke down the road, just any people that really are so passionate about this cause. And I think the more people we can reach, the greater impact that we're going to have as a society. So that's our goal is to be able to sort of impact as many people as possible with what we're doing. So uh, we're definitely going to be launching more product within the next five years, hopefully two more pieces this year. We've got a lot of things in the works that I'm excited to uh, announce uh, in a couple of months. But yeah, a lot of growth. There's a lot to do. While Alexa claimed not to be a culinary virtuoso, exactly, you got to hear her confession about experimental use of fine Niagara ice wine in one recipe that she made. That and a lot more on the February 9th episode, Poached Pear Strudel with Alexa Yovanovich. On December 3rd, we spoke with Jana Bishop. She co-owns a company that sources premium grains and ingredients for Canadian home bakers. And here she dives a little deeper on the difference between refined grocery store flour and fresh baker's flour. If you can just explain why this has a shorter shelf life or you want to keep it in the refrigerator right away. Yeah, absolutely. So the germ that I spoke about earlier is is a little pocket of oil that gets spread, uh, well, gets crushed into the flour and spread throughout when we run the grain through the stone mill. And that oil is, it's full of life. It's full of vitamins. It's full of flavor. It's full of nutrition. 
Um, but like anything that's kind of heavy in oil, it does require some extra consideration. So if you think of nuts, it's similar to the oil that you would find in nuts or seeds. And over time, those oils can go rancid if they get too warm or they're left in too humid or yeah, too warm, basically light. If they're exposed to a ton of direct light, those will take on a flavor because those oils are going bad. So that's just that's one reason. The other thing is this flower is just more alive. It's not been exposed to any chemical treatments. It's not been exposed to any, you know, UV treatments or any sort of anything. It's just milled grain in a bag shipped to your door. So it could attract all kinds of more of things that we don't want in our flower. Things like bugs, for example, or, <laughs> um, yeah, flavors, all kinds of things. So to keep it as fresh and preserved as possible, just put it right in the fridge. In a plastic container. I mean, my fridge is full of both paper bags. That's how our flowers delivered. Paper bags or kind of a rectangular sealed plastic container, but it could be kept in jars in the fridge. It could be kept in even a Ziploc bag if you prefer, if you think you're going to keep it for longer. We only recommend transferring it out of the paper if you think this is something you're going to have in your fridge for let's say three months or more, because the the moisture in the fridge will start to kind of travel through that paper and your fridge might take on, or your flower might take on a bit of that fridge flavor. (laughs) You can catch more of Jana on our December 3rd episode, Einkorn Cookie Tarts with Jana Bishop. Tori Wesser, she's a familiar voice on the podcast. She's been on a couple of times over the years to talk about family and kids' nutrition, building healthy habits, and of course her brand, Fresh, and uh, her cookbooks. In this outtake, she and Mary uh, take a walk down memory lane and remember how they first got connected. And now it's my confession time, because one thing you don't know is that I love uh, antiques as well, and that's how I first found you. No way! Yes, because you had your antique shop where you would kind of you did something with I think uh Jillian yeah yeah that was that was back in oh okay I think it was 2012 yeah it was way back 2012 honestly Mary wow right how did that how does so we yeah so we started up we'll get into it and we can if you want but we started (laughs) up a company called Charlie Ford Vintage I'm named after my son it was after an antique visit so I visited Jillian I just had Charlie took Charlie to Vancouver we went antiquing because it's one of our favorite things to do. And we were so inspired. We just like love our, our finds and I'm driving home and I'm thinking about it. I'm like, oh gosh, I just like love to make this a business. So yeah, we, we started a business where we would help small business owners, small antique stores sell their wares through our store because most antique shops don't have an online shop. But, uh, but yeah, it just was, it, we, we kind of bit off more than we can chew and I, I was, it was off the side of my desk. So I had a full-time job on top of it and it was just, it were kind of burnt us out a little bit. So we, we closed the doors on that, but yeah, that's, that's cool. That that's where you found me. I know I didn't tell you then, but I will tell you now. I loved it. I did because as a fellow antiquer, I, I do love, I mean, if you see my home, you wouldn't guess it, but I do love it. And that's how I found you. That's hilarious. And now we're into food. That's awesome. Yeah. Let's yeah, exactly. We just, well, I still love antiques. I, you know, I, it's no longer a business per se, but I like love antiques. I think there's so much charm in something that, and a story and something that's been previously loved. That's it. It's you the think, story. Yeah. You think about like, and, and, and honestly, I, I mean, as a society in our thinking about like the environment, there's, there's nothing wrong. There's everything right with 
using things and incorporating things that are pre-loved yeah but it's there's nothing that replaces you know I've I've vintage like antique chandeliers I have this spoon but Charles and I went to Hungary and we went to this antique store and met this lady and she sold us this really old amazing beat up spoon and you just think it had this big dent in it and we made stories up about how the dent would have you know you know what you know it was just really really so interesting you can hear more of Tori on Taco Night with Tori Wesser from October 6th. All right. The last outtake I've got for you guys here is from TV cooking expert Vijaya Selvaraju on how she balances family life with a busy call sheet in food media production. You are a, an incredibly busy woman. <laughs> um, and you have a little one on the way, which congratulations. Thank you so much. How do you find balance throughout your day? Yeah, for me, balance has always been important um, to, I think it's really important to work hard, but also to play hard. And then also to take time for yourself to just relax. So especially as we're heading into the final leg of the race with this pregnancy for me, <laughs> you know, it's it's so important for me to find moments to relax because I am a go, go, go type of person. Um, but the nature of my work is such that I can find those pockets for myself and commit those pockets of time for myself where, you know, I can watch a bit of Netflix or, you know, read a book or, you know, just lay in bed and do nothing, you know, it, but it's, again, it's, it's so hard because I'm a very driven person. So when there are projects on the table, it is so incredibly hard for me to say no. It's so hard. So when someone someone comes knocking on the door saying, "Hey, we we want to we want to do something with you. We want to we want to do a cooking video with you, or this or that," um, I always try to find a way to accommodate because, at the end of the day, this was always a childhood dream to be able to do the work that I'm doing right now, and I'm always reminded of that. So I'm always I always think back. I'm like, oh my gosh, ever since you were a little kid. This was your desire, right? Uh, to teach people how to cook on the plat on platforms similar to what you're on right now. So how can you say no? How can you say no? So <laughs> you know, it's it, it's a bit of, it's a bit of a juggling act, right? Um, but I always try to find a way to accommodate uh, because, again, I feel so grateful to be in the position that I am. Um, but at the same time, I do take time out for myself. It's so important for me to spend time with my family and loved ones and to do fun things um, because, you know, life is short and you want, you've got to make the most of it. If you're looking to spark a little more creativity in your cooking, Lemon Chicken with Vijaya Selvaraju is a perfect episode for you. She is all about getting comfortable with experimentation and just expelling the myths around complicated cooking. And Vijaya shared a really unique take actually on how TikTok is popularizing home cooking again. And that's it folks, that's all you get this time around. Remember, cut for time is just a small smattering of what goes on around here. So be sure and subscribe for everything, because come on, we both know you got FOMO. Make sure to hit kitchenconfession.com for more recipes and foodie finds. We'll see you next time.